Hello, welcome to another McLaren Fans podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Donnelly. Joining me, as always, is Sarah Merritt. Say hello, Sarah. Hello, Sarah. And this week, our special guest star is Mark Taylor. Hi, Mark. Hi, Sarah. Oh, hi, Andy. Hi, guys. You're right. Nice to be back with you. Yeah, um, Mark's been on before, um, and, and he's back again, which is great. Uh, it's always good to have somebody return, uh, especially somebody who's uh, a keen McLaren fan. So, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And it also means he wasn't scarred by the first visit as well. Absolutely not, mate. Absolutely not. <laughs> yes, we've, we've had to bribe him to come back on. Basically, that's what we're saying. Have there been have there people been scarred by a visit to this podcast or not? Um, I'm pretty sure they have been. I'm pretty sure there's okay. people been scarred by listening to it. So <laughs> <laughs> we have we have a lot of people that initially say to us, "Oh, I don't know if I'll be any good at that. I'm not sure if I if I can talk publicly." But we keep telling them, and I'm, I'm sure you'll attest to this as well, Mark, that mm-hmm. it's just like three mates down the pub talking about the F1. It's yeah, not absolutely. like there's an audience. Definitely. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Just, it's always nice to have chat F1 and chat McLaren with, with, with like-minded people. So, yeah, it's great to be back with this. <clears throat> right. Um, our, our first point tonight is a bit of a sombre note. So I'm just going to pass over to Sarah to uh, just kind of explain the first point of it. Over to you, Sarah. Yeah. It's, it's really important for us all to remember that in order for our teams and our drivers to go racing and for, for anyone to go racing at whatever level that is, be that Formula One or the lower levels of racing around the United Kingdom and the world, that we need marshals who volunteer to be there for that to happen. And, and, and we were very sad to hear this weekend that a marshal at Brands Hatch lost their life whilst doing the thing they love most. Um, and, you know, I'm sure, you know, we will send condolences to their family, to their friends, because you go out to do something you enjoy and you don't expect to not come home in the evening. You know, at the end of the day, they give a lot of time and they love what they do, but that's not something that that's within their expectations. So we just wanted to, to say something on the podcast to mark that and and to say that, to all the marshals out there, we really appreciate what you do for us. We know um, that you're spending time, you're traveling the world and you're putting yourselves out there for us to enjoy the sport. So we just wanted to mention that. Thanks, Sarah. Obviously, um, mirror those thoughts exactly. Um, you know, they, they do it without pay. It's a volunteer job for the love of the sport, not just at F1 level, but all the way through right down to grassroots, right down to karting. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, well done, guys. We appreciate what you do. Definitely. Okay, um, let's have a quick chat about, uh, obviously, this week we were at Budapest. Um, Sarah's been a few times. I've been a few times. Don't think you've been yet, Mark, have you? But I'm pretty sure I've, it's only... I've not... I've not been to the the race at Budapest. I went there on holiday a few years ago with some friends before I thought I could afford to go to F1 races. And ironically enough, we were there right up until the Grand Prix weekend. So you mucked did, that one like up, said, didn't you? I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, was I, was I, I really didn't think this one through. <laughs> but, and but you yeah, know what, Mark? You know, mm-hmm. it's one of the cheapest races to go to. So you really did muck it up. Yeah, you absolutely. Could have been there. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like you said, mate, it's, it, it's on my list for, for for whenever we're sort of free to go traveling again. And 
obviously the, the food's fantastic in Hungary, nice bit of goulash and vegetarian alternative, uh, plus the wine's fantastic and, and the scenery in the city's absolutely beautiful. So, I mean, I'll leave it to you guys to tell us all about what it's like as a race weekend and getting to and from the track and the fan experience. Yeah, certainly um, from my point of view, it's one of the one of the better <laughs> ones to go to. Yeah. Like you say, you, you, you're not far out of the city. Uh, they've got a pretty good setup of um, uh, sort of shuttle bus and things like that that take you to uh, the bottom of a hill to walk up to get to the track. Um, <laughs> a very, very steep hill in the heat as well. Yeah, yes. but <laughs> all along that all along that hill is um, like people selling merchandise and and what I like to call tat and bits and pieces. Yeah, um, tat stands. Yeah, yeah, there's loads of them. I think I actually bought an Alex Worth Benetton cap for five euros at one point along there, uh, <laughs> just because it looked weird and different. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to see and everything else like that. So uh, certainly, it's a, for me, it's a, a great – it's an old tra- oldest track now. It's about 30 or 40 years old. It's 30 years, 30 years old, isn't it, the track? Yeah. More, um, more than that. Wasn't the first race in about 85, 86, I think, they had yeah. the first one in Hungary? Yeah, so it'd be yeah, 35 years 35, old. 35, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those older kind of tracks where – you can um, go as a fan and actually see quite a lot from where you sit. Um, yeah. Uh, I believe well, I've sat in a few different stands. Sarah, you've sat in a few different ones as well. Um, yeah, I've got a favourite grandstand, Andy. My favourite is gold, gold one. So super gold is your main... <laughs> no, 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 no. Super gold is the main grandstand and um, is undercover. And then Gold One is right next to Super Gold, but across from the podium. And and you're talking about 160 euros for a, a three day ticket to sit there. Um, wow, that's decent. I was going to say, let's compare that to some other racetracks that we might know that are nearby. Um, that's pretty <laughs> decent. And and for me, because it's quite hard to get on the track afterwards, and they scurry you off quite quickly and chase you with ropes and things. Um, that's brilliant because at the end of the race, I could sit and watch the podium and be straight across from it and, and see everything there. Um, I thought that was a great place to sit. They also do, and I believe you've done this, Andy, these brilliant sort of three three grandstand packages where you move about and you sit somewhere different every day. Yeah, um, I, we, I've done it twice now. And um, I think it was, we, we sat on uh, the back sort of corner for the first day. Then we move around to one of the sort of um, at the end of the first straight for the second day. And then we were up, at, I think it was Silver Four, which is kind of like right high up on the last corner. And um, yeah, sort of, you got a great view in each day, but you also got to see different parts of the circuit, which you can kind of do anyway. One of the one of the good things about the track as well is there's some great general admission parts. You can just go yeah. and, on, and uh, some sort of grassy areas you can kind of sit and you know sit down have an ice cream or something like that watching the cars go around there is something a little bit unusual about it though andy isn't it because we we quite often spend friday walking the circuit and this is one circuit where you cannot get all the way around so you enter the track from down by turn one uh, your fan village is behind the main grandstands you've got lots of grandstands along the main straight up to the last corner and as you go around that corner, there's a few sort of uh, beer tents and, and places like that. Um, 
and then as you walk around, you've got whole areas of grass that aren't as busy and aren't as populated. And there's there's a point where you can't get around anymore. And I'm, I'm not sure which turn number that was, Andy. You might know. It's um, I, but, I, it's easier to describe it as being the part of the track that's in front of the water slides. Yes. And, Basically, you can't get round there all the way back to turn yeah, one again. Yeah. Um, so you can probably see two thirds of the track. You can walk two yeah. thirds of the track. Um, but not the whole circuit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it's, it's pretty good. And and also um, what I found is when you when we've been leaving, is there's hundreds of taxis, and it's hundreds, all sorted. Yeah. And there's a big queue, and it goes down pretty quick. Um, and it's a set price to get back into the city, so you yep. know you're not getting ripped off. So it's been really well organised. Um, the, the few times we've gone. Um, I would yes. say one thing. Go on, sorry, Sarah. No, I was going to say, just the way the taxis work, you've actually got like a beer tent right in the middle of it. So as you, as you, well, go, as you go backwards <laughs> and forwards, like you were at Alton Towers, you know, queuing time from this point, etc. Uh, you can grab yourself a beer as you're working the way around the queue. And um, it's quite a sociable place. We've met loads of fans in the queue, haven't we, Andy? Yes, some <laughs> very interesting ones at times. Yeah. It, it um, seems to very it seems to be quite a popular one on the calendar. I mean, whenever races are up for renewal of contracts, it never seems to be one that's noted about oh Hungary's coming to the end of its contract. Are they gonna get another yeah. couple of years? Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's definitely a fan favourite. <coughs> mm-hmm. Um it's definitely popular. Certainly in the last few years when we've been, we've seen kind of more the influx of the Max fans going there as well. Uh, which kind of brings us on to our sort of next point, which is kind of this change in atmosphere at some races recently over the last few years. Yeah. Um, certainly yeah. the we all heard the booing of Lewis on Saturday and Sunday when he took the mic and everything else like that. And sort of it's not really what we want to see or hear um, sort of track side um, and I know there's people out there that will say well this has always happened we've, we had it with Senna versus Mansell, you know Rosberg got booed at Silverstone a few years ago and things like that it's not great though, it's not what as a fan I don't I don't want to go and boo a driver that you know I might not like a driver or I might you know want somebody else to win instead of that driver but these guys are putting their lives on the line at the limit for our entertainment, um, yep. So I won't, I won't be booing them. I, it, for me personally, it feels like there's a little bit of football fan sort of tribalism mentality creeping into it, which I've not seen before. Maybe the last sort of three or four years. What do you guys think? I think it's definitely feeling that way, um, and I. You know, I, I tweeted and said, come on, guys, stay classy. Let's not make it Budapest because I don't I don't like booing. I don't like it when England fans do it at the football. I always think it's disrespectful when people do it to the national anthem. Um, and I know there was a lot of Max fans in one particular grandstand opposite where he would have been standing. I know things are hot between them at the moment, I think, because... Christian Horner has fanned the flames somewhat and a lot of inflammatory things have been said. Um, I also think it's time to move on. I'll mention that in passing and, and stop flogging that one. But I, 
I don't like that. And, and you, you know, it's, it's easy for us to say it's all the Max fans. I've been to races, unfortunately, where a load of drunken Max fans have nearly bowled me over backwards and started giving me abuse. So I'm being biased and I'm immediately thinking it's that group I saw on telly that were all there. I could be wrong. So I just want to balance that out for the, for the value of the podcast. But it does feel that way. And I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to go to races and there's booing going on. I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I don't know what listeners to the podcast would think, and, and we encourage you to get in touch. Mark, what do you think about it? I kind of agree with everything that you guys have said. I mean, it's it, it feels harsh to, to to point the finger at the at the Max fans, but I, but I don't know if either of you guys can think of you know incidents specifically in the past where it's it's been to this kind of level. What do you think? Um, not really. Not- I mean, we we did have sort of things that happen at Silverstone, but you got you got a really yeah. partisan crowd at Silverstone. Now, no doubt when we go to Zandvoort, yeah. it's going to be quite partisan as well. And like we yeah. say, I, I don't think it's, you know, it's not all Max fans, let's be honest. It's not all. No, no, know. of course. Definitely not. Course. Definitely um, not. You know, there's, but certainly um, I used to feel really safe going to Grand Prix and you see a little bit of that football sort of very drunken, mentality it is a small minority but it makes you kind of feel a little bit unsafe when they're pushing people about being aggressive and things like that it just doesn't feel like the friendly atmosphere of races that we've been to previously and stuff like that probably just probably just picking up on that Andy the only thing I can really sort of compare it to and it's and it's not really a fair comparison I think do you remember the years when Rosberg and Hamilton and the rivalry was at, was at that height. Yeah. And I think it was Austria where, um, when Nico allegedly didn't turn right into the corner and, and, and Lewis drove into him. And there was a few signs at Silverstone the following weekend or the following race saying your steering wheel also turns right, Nico, etc. That felt a bit more sort of pantomime villain, but yeah. maybe, maybe the people booing him, you know, think they're, they're in a pantomime, but it's, but it's clearly going much further than that. Yeah. Yeah, the you know some some of the banners that were shown could be interpreted as being quite aggressive. I think mm. that we saw this week. Yeah, I, I you know it, sometimes things can get lost in translation with these things, and you know um, definitely you know the the majority of Dutch fans and Dutch people that I know. I mean, I, li- I even lived in the Netherlands for eighteen months. So, you know, the Dutch are really nice people. Um, yeah, so I, I do think it's probably just a little minority. And, you know, maybe it's something that they will self-police at the next race or something like that. Who knows? Certainly there's going to be a big max contingent at Spa and Zandvoort. Yep. Um, yep. But what I would say is that to kind of counteract that, they've brought a great atmosphere at times to some races as well. Like we see the Max stand in Austria. It's brilliant to watch them all up and down dancing and everything else like that. But like you say, there's a line that gets crossed every now and then. It looks, it looks great on television seeing, seeing hundreds of people jumping up and down or wearing orange t-shirts, obviously because they're supporting McLaren. So they're wearing the fire. Um, Obviously. but, (laughs) But I, 
yeah, there's there's times when I felt a bit intimidated by groups of, of fans like that. And um, if I was in a grandstand and someone suddenly got a flare out of their rucksack that they'd managed to smuggle into the circuit and lit it right next to me, I don't think I'd be enjoying watching that race. Now, that looks great from the sky on the telly when you see a big flare going off, but it's not so good when you're sat next to someone. So there's there's two sides to all of these things. Yes. Um Let's just see how it goes, but I think you're right. It it does does feel like a bit of a change in in the way supporters are acting, um, yep. or some supporters are acting. Yeah, right. Let's um, let's move on to the race weekend then, shall we? And uh, leave that there. So yeah, so um, I guess if we were talking to Andrea Seidel right now and asked him to sum up that weekend, he'd probably say Shiza. and uh yeah i think once a season you're gonna get a race like this for every team aren't you where through no fault of your own everything goes a little bit um a little bit skew with yes and i think we've got so much good stuff going for us the, the number of consecutive races that Lando had scored points. Um, the previous race, we were talking about how well Dan had done as well. I think to say we had it coming sounds harsh, but it, it's very rare to go a full season without having some kind of mishap, whether that be uh, reliability-wise, whether that's someone else driving into you. You know, We always know that you're not in, in control of your own destiny 100% of the time. Um, but God, I was gutted, Andy. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I think if there's a positive to be taken out of it, it's the fact that both our drivers were taken out by other drivers, so it, we, they they weren't at fault at all. And totally. I would I would have fully expected Lando to be up there, sort of you know in in his usual positions, and Dan hopefully not too far behind him and and challenging him. Uh, but but like you said, the, the, these things happen at least once or twice a season, and the, the fact that it's only happened now is, is is such a positive for us as a team. I agree, and I don't know what it was like for you watching the start of the race, but for me it was like, oh oh, go on, Lando, go on, Lando, mm-hmm. go on. oh no no no, <laughs> <laughs> and it was incredibly high and then incredibly low. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it was a cracking that- start. From Lando. Cracking start. Brilliant. He, he took, he saw the gap, he went for it. Valtteri forgot to break and hit him up the bum. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's so unfortunate, but so, yeah, for a moment, my it was so high and then so low. Um, yeah. And poor old Lando on the interviews. I, I don't know about you guys. I always want to hug him somehow when he's being interviewed because he's really hard on himself. He was really down. Um, you know, and I even tweeted after the race and said, look at the first half of the season. Look at what you've achieved. You know, this is brilliant. Go mm-hmm. off on holiday, park it, forget about it and come back because we've got part two coming up soon. And uh, and you need to be ready for that, you know, because it has been a brilliant first half of the season, hasn't it, guys? Definitely. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I was, I was thinking earlier on in, in the day about sort of, I know a lot of people talk about, I remember the Honda years, but then 
some of us are old enough to remember the first Honda years and then the Ford years. And I don't know how many people remember the Peugeot year where it was awful and it's kept on catching fire until we moved on to Mercedes. But as a team, we've been through so much and we're, we're definitely on that, that upward trajectory and give it another year or two. We'll, we'll definitely be challenging for, for race wins if, if not continuing to challenge for podiums. I think we probably need to get a t-shirt on for the uh, podcast. That just says, <clears throat> I remember the Honda years. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> one on the I back, think, say the, think... fir- the first Honda years. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I, I don't mean to be nasty, but there's a lot of new fans come come towards us as McLaren fans recently, uh, maybe attracted by Lando, obviously. <clears throat> and they probably don't remember the Honda years. So, uh, <laughs> so we are we are considerably older than a lot of them now, Mark. We are we are, you know, retro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're we're wearing it well, Sarah. We're wearing it well. <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. So yeah, so um obviously not the best start. I thought Dan might have had a chance of getting away and getting something, but I think that car was was really really damaged and really what we ended yeah. up doing was just let's see what else happens see if some people drop out above us you know the, the fact that the fact that he held off for Stappen for so long was good but yeah you I don't know if any of you saw that little clip of him when he stopped the car in Park Ferme and he just looked dejected and I yeah. saw a I saw a picture of him sat on the wheel, just looking with his head on the ground, like, you know, slumped. And again, yeah. you know, I, I want to send a virtual hug to these people when it happens. I'm, I don't want to scare them. <laughs> <laughs> but he looked like he needed a hug and he looked like he needed a boost. And hopefully for him, he can go off, have his week off or however long he gets out of the two weeks. I heard Fernando saying he only takes one week off and then you know recharge the batteries and come back again and let's do part two you know um because we know dan's got it in him we know he's he's the right driver um it's just taking him a little while to settle in isn't it yeah i think um bizarrely we were just talking about cars before this and as as mark said earlier you get a new car the buttons are in the wrong place um (laughs) and everything else like that you know it might look like you're your Ford Fiesta that you had that's identical, but yeah, you've got some buttons that are just totally in the wrong place and you know the wipers are on the wrong side and stuff like that. And and yeah. It's just a bit of that still. I think so, yeah. I think so. And you know, we, we've read a lot of quotes <laughs> from Andreas and Zach. They're they know that Dan's here for for the long haul. He's not a fly by night person, he's not here for five minutes. Um and they're giving him that time you know they're not disappointed they don't see it as an issue they know it's going to come and I feel exactly the same I I completely agree with you I I think the only counterpoint to that is some of the other drivers who have moved into new teams are outperforming their their teammates who've been in that car for a long time I mean Vettel's now relatively consistently outperforming Stroll um I'm trying not to sound yeah. like a bad fan, but you know, let's let let's give Dan the time that he that, that he needs, but let's see let's see some progress. You sound like you're like you're torn there, Mark. Like you're saying, <laughs> let's give Dan all the time he needs, but come on, Dan. <laughs> well, which, which we should all be saying anyway. Come on, Dan. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
go go faster in the same I way think that in you the say last three races though, there's definitely been progress in the last three races. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, definitely. And I think you know, this one was such an anomaly for everybody. How yeah. can we look upon this for any kind of pan? Yeah. Um, exactly. That said, I have to say, obviously we had a mixed up podium um, when we had a new race winner and I was very happy for them. Um, and it's Absolutely. odd, isn't it? As a, as a McLaren fan, we should always be wanting our guys on the podium. But in this instance, I was, I was happy to see Williams score double points. I was happy to see Esteban Ocon win the race. I was very happy to see Sebastian Vettel, especially in view of the efforts he's been making lately to spread the right messages about the way things should be in the world. Um, and his litter picking, of course, which should not be forgotten. Uh, I was very happy to see him on the podium. And I was very sad to the, then see that he has possibly been disqualified. And I know that's under appeal. Um, so, yeah, I think I think we saw some different results that even we as McLaren fans can nod at and say, yeah, Williams, nice to see you scoring the points and, and that kind of thing. Would you agree, guys? Oh. Yeah, let me 100%. just on the um, on the Seb thing there, that you know, obviously he was wearing a rainbow mask and t-shirt and things like that. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was, you know, absolutely fantastic for him to do that over the weekend, and like you say, spread the right message and everything else like that. I'd be very, very disappointed in the FIA if he gets anything more than a hand slap for going to the national anthem with a t-shirt on. Other drivers have Has- done it before. And Has that not already been sorted, though, Andy? I, I, I thought know. he I've was not, just... I've not looked. Yeah, I believe he was just given a reprimand for right. it. Um, but I, I would have been fuming, you know. And, and yeah. as you probably saw live on Sky and you saw other drivers commenting on, you know, I'll pay you fine for you, Seb, if you get one, that kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody is behind him on this. And I would have crowdfunded him if we'd had to, you know. Um, he's He's using his voice in the right way. Yeah. And um, everyone, whatever team you support, should be proud of seeing that happen. Yeah, it just makes me feel like when they bring these things up before the stewards or the FIA or anything else like that, that yeah. the message that goes out before the race for the we races one just doesn't feel like it has the meaning that it should have from the no. F- from F1 and the FIA when they do things like this, when they should be saying, okay, right it's against the rules but however in this case it fits in with our message that we're trying to say we race as one yes you know they were quite fine to have rainbows on the cars last year when it suited them and everything else like that but yeah you know I, i think the fia and f1 really need to do a better job and more action and less picking up on the little things like this. Yeah, I mean, I know it was written into the rule, the rules and regulations, wasn't it? Um, after Lewis wore his, his T-shirt. Um, and I think they did that to try and separate anything connected to the national anthem from any other messages they were delivering. But to you and I and the normal people out there, you can't say we race as one one minute and five minutes later then say, oh, can you hide it away now, please? Because we're listening exactly to that. the National exactly Anthem. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we know why he was doing it. And I, I don't know enough about Hungarian politics to know, but but obviously he was making a point about the, the laws that have been 
passed recently in in Hungary. Yeah, but 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 still, he's he's using his platform to 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 send out that that kind of message, and you know, yeah. why not? Exactly, and and if we all believe in in we race as one in our own way, not the FIA's way, but our own way, yeah. um, then then good on him for for doing so, you know. Yeah. And like and like he said on television, if they find me, if they disqualify me, I don't care because it was the right thing yeah. to do. Yeah, it's like like Andy said, yeah, we race as one, but not here because it might upset the locals. But I don't know. yes, and let's and let's not mention Saudi Arabia right now either. Okay, well, we'll leave that till the Saudi race, and then you can just do a whole podcast on your own about it, Sarah. Um, <laughs> let's, um, let's move on from the race now. Um, Sarah, I believe uh, you wanted to bring up, I've got on my notes here, F1 visualisation. Now, yeah, and, and, and it's the not, race. It's, That's it's, a visualisation. Is that not the not same F1 thing? It's not F1 visualisation, Andy. Come on, you've forgotten. So I wanted to just talk to everyone and, and mention... A, a Twitter account that I love, love with a passion, and that is at F1 Visualized. So, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, give it a follow and have a look and see if you agree with me that this is one of the coolest things there is on the internet. Um, so, their account is described as F1 results and stats visualized using pixel art. Now, you have to go and look at it to see what this looks like, but basically, They'll have um, the table of the constructors. They'll have the results of quality and results of the race visualized using pixelized images of the cars in the correct colors. Um, if you watch a race unfurl, you'll see the cars moving from left to right in a, in a GIF that they have on there. And they, they cross over and overlap as they lead and, and change places. F1 visualized is one of the coolest things out there. And I, I just wanted to recommend it to you all because I think it's super cool. Um, whilst we're with me, I will mention the F1 power rankings again as well. Lando is still up there, high up the top 10. Um, and I think it's worth noting, you know, there he is um, behind Max, ahead of Lewis and, and looking good. The results for this week's one hasn't come out yet because they're published every Wednesday. But keep an eye out for the F1 power rankings when they're shared by the official F1 account. Um, we really do come out of it looking well as McLaren fans. It's it's something to look for. So great stuff, great. Yeah, um, maybe you can uh, tweet those accounts and we'll uh, retweet it. Yep, I'll do that. Podcast that'd be great. Um, yeah, and that's uh, really all we've got time for this week. Um, the next race weekend is Spa. We will be back after that. As always, you can find us on Twitter at McLaren Fancast. Um, we actually have an email if you want to email us, McLarenFanPodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to get hold of Sarah on Twitter, Sarah, what's your Twitter handle? It is at Sarahware. And uh, if you want to uh, follow Mark, who tweets about F1 and some other things now and then, rugby, running, and everything else like that. Um, yeah, Mark, it's... what's your Twitter handle? It's at Taylor Marky B. Right. Uh, and if you want to follow me, no idea why you'd want to do that, but it's at Denali uh, on Twitter. Um, have a good holiday, everybody in the F1 community. You all deserve it. And let's see you at the end of August back at Spa, where I'm pretty sure we're going to have a McLaren win around the Spa track. 
How's of course that for optimism? We are. Definitely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks, guys.